Hello, I'm Tara. Welcome to You Should Write a Book, the podcast. If this was really a book, this would be in the chapter titled Growing Up. And section one would be called You Are Perfect. And section two would be called Home is Where the Heart Is, Five Pairs of Shoes. Let's see where our stories meet. I see you there. I see you sitting quietly on the outside while your insides are just quivering. I see you with your pink hair, your off-the-shoulder tops, your eyeliner that's just a little too much. I see all of these things, these images that you want to put out into the world, but I see more. I see you. To be a teenager on the verge of adulthood is scary. It is hard to keep up the face to the world that you are ready to take it on when inside you're really not. Not ready, I mean. Not sure enough. Not confident enough. Not, well, just not ready enough. I see you trying on a variety of friends to see who might fit. I see the wild ones who say they accept you just as you are and then ask you to change by taking just this one pill. I see you trying to hang out with the smart kids at school, even dressing more like them on occasion, trying to figure out what makes them smart, but never feeling quite up to their standards. I see you hanging out with the musicians, not the clarinet and flute kind, well, not anymore, but the bass guitar and drum kind. The kind of badass creativity calls you to come closer, closer until you get so close it burns. I see you. On your social network page the other day, I saw a post that stopped my heart. It said, If we date, I will literally do anything and everything to make you smile, no matter what I have to do or how foolish I look. Ugh. Now, I understand that literally doesn't mean literally anymore, but the implications of that are really humiliation. No man, no boy should ever want you to make yourself look foolish. No man, no boy is ever worth you demeaning yourself for his pleasure. Ever. My love, you are perfect. You are perfectly and uniquely you. You with your pink hair, your light-up-the-room smile, your deeply compassionate soul, you are perfect. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be corrected. You don't need to be molded. No, my love, you simply need to keep putting one foot in front of the other on whatever path you choose. Now, that's not to say that you won't need a course correction now and again, but you'll figure those out. But whatever you choose to be, be the best. But more importantly than all of that, you deserve someone who loves you fully and completely. 
You deserve to be with someone who thinks of you when you're not around, who is genuinely interested in what you have to say, and who will treasure you so much that he would never ask you to do anything that would embarrass or humiliate you. After all, you are perfect. They came from me. From their very first moment of existence, they were not just in my body, but in my heart. I was the first to feel them move, butterfly kisses as they rolled around in my belly. They were real to me while they were just an idea of a possibility to everyone else. Eventually, I had to share them with the world, and the reality of them became more concrete. I wiped every tear, cooed to them as they nursed, and kissed every boo-boo, except their stinky feet, of course. They were my world. As they grew into themselves, they also grew into the world. I no longer knew every experience they had. Whenever they were away from me, it was as if part of my heart was out there being exposed to things that I couldn't know. And now they're grown, almost ready to leave me and our home. But even as they work to leave, as they should, I still know their hearts as they know mine. A mother knows when her children are sad, stressed, overwhelmed, happy, or mad. How do we know? Because they are our heart. In my front hall, blocking clear entry into my house, sit five pairs of shoes. I know them well, and even curse their very presence, and yet, if the blue ones are gone, I know that son number one is out with friends and maybe having a drink. If the light gray ones are missing, it means son number two has walked to work or to the corner store. The dark gray ones are gone, sun number one is at work. If the red ones are gone, then sun number two is with friends or maybe on a date. If the black and orange ones are missing, then sun number one is just hanging out with friends, playing soccer or some other sport. Five pairs of shoes block free entry into my home. And it's okay, because one day they will be gone altogether along with my sons, as it should be. But for now, it's okay. When they leave, I won't know if they are working, playing, or out on a date. I will know them more deeply than that information can convey, because I will always know their hearts. I wrote this for them over five years ago. Since then, they have left home and gone off to live their own lives. It's a success story, really. After all, we spend the first 18 years of their lives trying to teach them the things that they need to know to go out and to live on their own. In this way, when they do leave the comfort of home, we should count it as a celebration. It sure doesn't feel like that. As they pack their belongings and moved across town, 
I was thankful that at first they lived together. I thought of it as like training wheels. When the training wheels came off, Wesley moved into an apartment with his oh-so-lovely girlfriend. Now he's graduated from university and is working full-time at a job he loves. Years ago, my Tyler and I packed up a rental car and drove him across the country to live with his half-brother in the town where he was born. And now he has moved again to the big city that seems that it was made just for him. He's making movies and making friends and soaking in the vibe and just totally being himself. I miss the five pairs of shoes. I miss not knowing where they are and what they're doing with their time. I get updates, of course. I don't know if each of them know that they both call me on their way home from work. Since they left home, the home that they had lived their growing up years in, I have moved twice. It was bittersweet selling that house, but I couldn't imagine staying in a five-bedroom, three-bath house with just me and my dog. But here's what I found. Home was never the house. It was never the bricks and mortar that was where they truly lived. I found that wherever I am, that is still their home. Their home resides in my heart and I in theirs. At least I hope that's the truth. Our hearts are safe and consistent and always filled with love and laughter. It is true what they say. Home is where the heart is, and their home is in my heart.